from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast, dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. This is a really cool episode as we listen to some Zoom calls with A.J. Burton because he he put in our four-out-one motion offense course with Coach's Edge. He's done a handful of teaching Zoom calls, breaking down video. He's put in different PDFs as far as game breakdowns with drills. He's put in an outline for the four-out-one in motion offense. And to listen back to some of these presentations – how he's teaching their motion offense, the location, the off-ball screen reads, what they're looking for within their offense, and then to know, oh, after he did this meeting, three months later they won the national championship for NJCAA D2 with Southern Maine. It's just, it's just really cool to know, you know, not only does this stuff work, but, I mean, they won a national championship running this offense. So if you're curious about four-out, one-in-motion offense – our one three one zone offense course, our two three zone offense course, any of the other ways that we assist coaches uh, around the country, you know, whether that's offense, whether that's anything, if there's a need that you have, and you're like, boy, I could really use some help. I mean, I will meet with you personally. I will get on the phone with you. I'll hop on a Zoom call, and our other Coaches Edge contributors are willing to do the same thing. It's a really great advantage, I think, that we can give our teams and our coaches especially as you dig into the season. So if you have questions about coachesedge.coach, please reach out. And obviously you can go to the site to learn more as well. Big thank you to Coach Burton and everything that he's done to contribute to the site. Let's hear a little bit of what he has to say in a few of these audio clips. So just real quick before we really start diving into um, our stuff here, but I just want to share with you guys kind of like, you know, what our four out um, one in motion offense is, Um, you know, like Coach Kramer says, you know, we, we teach our guys how to play um, offense. You know, one of the things that we always say to guys like, hey, we don't run offense. We play offense. Um, if we ran offense, we would be basically putting you in certain spots. Um, we're going to teach you how to play because the four guys that are on the perimeter in our offense are all interchangeable once the ball is established in the half court and we are then playing. Um, obviously our one guy in is always going to be our post player, but with these guys, like we're going to give them freedom and flexibility on how we're going to play, but we're always going to have principles with these guys. Um, and they're expected to follow these principles in this offense. Um, one of the first things is obviously advance the pass, advance with the pass up the court if possible. And really by that, we mean it's like, Hey, if it's an off a defensive rebound, we're transitioning offense. If you can advance the ball, do so. Like we echo that to our point guards all the time. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, again, we're a young team right now. So our guys that run the wings, they have the tendency right now. They're running the wings hard. It's great, but they don't have their heads turned. I said to our point guard one time, I'm like, look, I took this quote from my dad. He always shared this with me. I said to the, our point guard miles, I said, look, just throw it at their head. Either they're going to catch it or they're going to take it off the head. I'm like, if they take it off the head, they're going to learn quick. Um, so we've been really working hard with our guys um, on the wings. They've gotten much better with it um, as we've progressed throughout this preseason with practices, um, the ability to advance the ball up the floor. Um, another thing, too, we want to do is we want to change sides of the floor. 
Um, obviously, we play at the 30-second shot clock. You know, for us, that's probably definitely one, two. If we can change sides two to three times every time, all that's just simply doing is it's just forcing the defense having the shift, which for us is going to lead into some great offensive looks um, that we can execute um, and capitalize on by just simply changing sides of the floor. You know, we're looking for some post inside touches. Um, again, we find it very great, and you guys all know this um, in an offensive game. When the ball goes in and then it's kicked out, higher percentage of getting shots up and hitting those shots too. Um, so that's another thing we preach to our guys in our offense. Um, you know, we share with them the definition of a good shot versus great shot. And that really simply is just that and one, one more pass. Um, you know, it's, it's just really good stuff. You know, the story I have with that is, you know, I shared it on the podcast with Coach Kramer when I first talked about it. But when I was a GA, I, I learned, you know, from Greg Popovich, you know, what they do. Um, Ray McCallum Sr. was a head coach of the men's team. His son was playing for the Spurs. He went down for a preseason uh, session um, for two or three practices. And one of the things he shared with me, um, again, I'm on the women's side, but it's my ability to pick his brain on it. I said, what was one thing you heard or you took away from there? And he's like, the amount of times that Popovich, his coaches, his players are all yelling, one more, one more, one more. So I took that to me as like, okay, these, these are pros saying one more. Why can't we sit, have our college kids and even our high school kids or even younger kids start echoing this stuff on the floor as well? Again, a communication piece. Um, and then the last thing in our uh, offense is, you know, on the perimeter, we always have to have four spots always filled. Um, the wing corner areas, um, and the seams for us. Now, a lot of times that can be also known as slots, um, but those four spots always have to be filled on the perimeter. Um, after we have some cutting and some other action going on in our offense, the guys on the floor know though, if there's an open vacant spot and we have an overload on one side, they got to communicate it out. The guy closest to has got to get to that spot. Again, we're trying to space balance the floor, um, in our offense. Some of the main actions that you would see in our offense is we set a lot of down screens, um, flare screens, and we set a lot of ball screens. Again, this all ties into a read and react style of offense. Just from the personnel side, um, I'll kind of skip over that transition piece. Um, but again, this is something I could share with you guys afterwards or in the next coming days with Coach Kramer, and he can just blast this out to everybody. But from a skill set personnel, you know, for us, you know, point guard wise, you know, obviously, you know, just being a perimeter player in our system, you got to have the ability to hit shots. Um, so as you see for the point guards and wings, definitely they have to be guys that can hit perimeter shots for us. Um, for, for a point guard, though, the ability to create and finish, again, similar to the wings, handling the ball, you know, screening action, again, with, without the ball. Um, again, we expect our wings to kind of do the same, but obviously our point guard, he's the one that's just initiating our offense. Once it's initiated, we really don't have a point guard on the floor. The only time that we would say our point guard to go get it is if we wanted to get into a set or a quick hitter for us. Um, but our foreman, who also plays on the perimeter for us, um, they are they're a very unique hybrid style player. They can play inside and outside. And a lot of that, again, is depending on the matchup. Um, a couple of years ago, we had a young man, um, Atencio Martin, who was our foreman. He was like 6'4", 6'5" but he was a guy where they put a big on him. We kept him out on the perimeter as a four, but if they switched the small onto him, well, we would just throw him in, tell him to go play inside. And we would tell our five man, Hey, just play 18 feet out, but still be a part of the perimeter, but just at least try to be opposite of Atencio so we can get inside touches for him for some scores. 
Um, and then our fives, an inside presence. You got to have a demand for a ball. Um, I know sometimes it's very uncomfortable for post players. And again, the way that we play, it's very old, kind of like old school in ways where you don't see a true back to the basket kind of big anymore. You know, we're going to say these guys, like, look, you have to demand the ball. Because again, in our offensive principles, we want to get inside touches. Now, we say this to our perimeter guys, like, look, you got to be able to give it to him. If he's worked hard to get open and he's in good position, give it to him. Because again, he knows if he doesn't have anything, he's going to kick the ball out. Like he's not going to be selfish. And he's not going to, you know, take a ridiculous shot to where it's just an L on that possession for us. You know, they're going to know what's the right and wrong time to be aggressive with the ball and scoring opportunities there. Um, you know, obviously what's unique about our fives is, you know, being able to hit 15, 18 foot jump shots. Um, and I can show you guys a little bit once we get to some of the clips I'll show you. Um, that's just simply our eye cut action. Again, once we get to it, I'll explain it. Um, but also too, you know, like I mentioned, being comfortable to vacate the post area for a four man to post up depending on the matchup there. Um, and then lastly, screen action. Yep, you're going to set on ball screens, um, but also too, you're going to be asked to set off ball screens too. Um, so again, very versatile, very unique style um, when it comes to the personnel side of things. Um, and just some common denominators. I mean, again, you know, we do have some guys that have basketball IQ, but if guys come in and they don't have the greatest basketball IQ, like that's okay. Like we'll be patient with you throughout the time, but we're also going to expect you to kind of like pick up on these things at a quicker rate, just so then you can get caught up to speed. Um, and then simply the footwork piece is, you know, the way that we run our offense off screening action and stuff, we want to make sure our perimeter guys have great footwork. Um, that includes our post players too. Um, and again, just overall reps is going to help polish uh, these individuals um, for those moments of opportunity to find success in our offense. Um, obviously, I know, you know, Coach Kramer touched upon like that, the PDF file I have for our four out one in uh, motion offense. Like, I'm not going to like open that up and go deep dive in that. I just think you guys are probably wanting to see some clips and some action uh, of our buildup and how we implement the offense um, with our guys. So again, you guys are going to get the little teaser, little free trial here of what I'm putting together for Coach Kramer. Um, on the Coach's Edge, I am going to put together a, uh, a whole buildup of our offense from 2-on-0 leading up to 5-on-0 stuff here. Um, and then at the very end, once I show this stuff, we had a scrimmage last night. I just want to show you guys a clip uh, of our offense against like live action against the opponent. Um, so like yeah, I'm so excited for when this is all, this is a, I mean, this is a big project that you've been working on for the coach's edge for a while. I'm juiced up, man. This is going to be so sweet when it's finished. Yeah. And it, and honestly too, it, it couldn't have come at a more perfect time. Like I mentioned, we're a young group um, in these clips. You're going to see uh, like we had our returners here, but having the ability to grab some of my new guys and just throw them into the fire and kind of like, Hey, when this is all said and done, when we're done with this session, you're going to be one, two, three steps ahead of everybody else that wasn't, you know, available for this. So, you know, really kind of get things started. Um, let me just kind of go to our screening action here. Quick interruption. As you can see, we're showing you just a little bit. I mean, these are, hour-long presentations that he's given on the four out one in motion offense, breaking down their outlines, you know, video breakdowns of their team playing in games, practice, 
so on and so forth. So if you're curious about, boy, how can we get more of this, right? Instead of just touching on a few specific areas where we're sharing a couple of helpful audio tips, please be sure to reach out, contact at crayonbasketball.com. I'm happy to give you more information. All right, let's finish this episode. So in our down screen or excuse me, off ball screen action, all right, the best way to lay this out to you is we say this to our guys all the time. If both guys make the correct reads off each other, one of those guys is going to be wide open, whether it's the guy coming off the screen or it's the screener that sets it, all right? How we establish our down screens, or again, you could call them pin downs, however you want a terminology use, is the first way you can do is pop, slip. So what you're seeing right now is our pop and slip. So again, pass goes away, sets it up. As soon as he comes off his shoulder, the screener is immediately just going to slip to the basket. Guy come, that's receiving the screen, he's popping off anywhere between the elbow out to the three-point line, as you see, to get their shot there. And again, as you can see, I talked about our four spots on the perimeter. When the drill initially starts, so I'll stop it right here in a second once they get set. Okay, so as you can see, wing seam area, that's covered. Seam, that's covered. That seam's covered. This wing, the corner area is also covered too. So these are the four spots that we want to always have filled. All right, and again, like I said earlier, this is a non-negotiable for us. All four spots in Peru have to be filled. So now let's just move along. Our second read that we give our guys in this action is you can curl and then pop. All right, so. As you see, number five now is going to curl off this down screen he's going to receive from 22. As soon as he curls and our screener recognizes it, he is now popping and filling in to where he essentially initially started in the action. So he's coming right back out to the seam area. So again, here comes another variation of it. There's the curl and then the pop. All right, so again, we say to our guys, if both guys make the correct reads, on how they're being defended. One of these two guys is gonna be wide open, All right? So again, like I said, human element, not great pass there. Now in this, you're probably wondering, well, what happens in a game situation if number 10 doesn't catch it off a curl and number two pops? If 10 doesn't catch this, just think about this. What spot is vacant right now on the perimeter? It's the ball side where he initially started. So if he doesn't receive this pass, he would know right away, okay, that wing the corner is filled, seams filled, seams filled. I just got to pop right back out where I initially started. So again, all four spots are then filled. One question that was in there, where's the low post player? Ball so side, low, low post? Ball side, low post, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so how you see this right now is like we basically are getting two shots up here, but we got the four spots filled. Again, this is an introductory for our perimeter guys to understand the spacing concept and the spots that we need them to be. But yes, most times our post player would be here on the ball side block. So ball's on the left side. Well, initially it starts on the right side. Ball gets reversed. Our post player knows he's got to immediately go to the ball side block. All right, so again, that's where we're kind of vacating these two guys over here 
to make reading reactions and we're going to force the defense. Again, they're going to shift because the ball just changed sides of the floor. But again, we're going to focus on these two guys that are being defended and see if those guys can make the correct reads. Uh, as, as I'm watching this, you know, as you come into that, that down screen, is it, you know, cause as coach pillar mentioned, you got a strong side, low post. Do you recommend it being around the block or doesn't it matter so much or, or, would it be better if it was more 15 feet wider to open up more of the curl or post entry? I'm just thinking out loud. So it, it's actually a great point. And I, I should have been better with this video concept actually, but ideally I'd probably want the screen to be about right there. I think Zach right there who's setting the screens a little bit too far in, I'd prefer him to be maybe where this white volleyball line is again for a little spacing piece. Cause if we did enter it to our post, well, you want to give your post player some opportunity for a quick isolation and opportunity to score. We don't want to muck everything up inside. You're going to see a great clip here um, when I show you guys our post feed action where an individual is going to curl right off a weak side action and get a pass. You're going to see the spacing that opens up from it. So that's actually a great question there, Steve. Last one that we're going to cover just in the down screen action, it's simply, I'm going to just show you a couple times, but it's simply just refusing to set the, uh, the screen, or excuse me, refusing to come off the screen. Sometimes we just call these backdoor cuts, however you want to use your terminology. Again, now you're just refusing. And again, screen is just going to pop and fill where you initially started. So again, you're seeing all this action being taken place on the right side. We'll then flip it and we'll go immediately right to the other side as well. So there will be times like in practice, if this is our focus, we'll spend probably 15, 20 minutes doing this, probably maybe close to five, 10 minutes or so on one side, then we'll flip it to the other side. Again, it's going to just be depend on how accustomed the guys get to the action that we're trying to teach them. And then the last one, I don't need to show you guys it, but it's simply refusing the flare screen. And essentially, again, like you just saw, the screen would just pop and fill there on the scene. So again, when really introducing this action, the two-on-no concepts that you saw, that's going to take the longest time frame. As you can see, it's actually one of the longest videos. It's about almost 16 minutes long. Um, but then once the guys get accustomed to this action, we are then going to move right along into some three-on-no action. That now with this stuff, the one that asked about the post, where they would be, now these next clips that you'll see, our post is now going to be in the present. Okay, so now in this setup, so you see we got ball side, wing area, post on the ball side block, and we got guy on the weak side wing. The first sequence that you're gonna see, all right, is our drift drag and eye cut, all right? So again, of these three guys in, two of the guys are gonna get shots. So in the sequence you're gonna see here, we're gonna hit the drift drag, and then our post player here is gonna feed his teammate that's eye cutting up to the elbow, all right? The biggest thing as you guys are watching this now, now that we're starting to add more layers to it with more guys on the floor, just watch how in sync, and this is the big thing we preach to our guys, you gotta be in sync and in rhythm. So watch how all three guys kind of move at the same time. Again, drive, kick, and again, as soon as the drive's occurring to the baseline, our post player is vacating the post and eye cutting immediately, all right? And another thing too with this, as you guys are seeing, um, you can mix up who gets the shots or who's receiving the pass from who in this. 
Like there could be times when we're doing this action where it's like, okay, driver, as you're driving baseline, you're going to hit the eye cut post player that is next to line with the ball. You're now going to pass to the drift dragger. Almost we put them in the spot where that pass would be coming from. So then again, we're getting two different shots up, but they're also working on different passes that they'll be making in a game. So again, that's our drift drag eye cut series with three on O. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If you have any questions about coachesedge.coach, now's a perfect time to reach out and let me know. Hit me up, contact at currentbasketball.com, at Coach's Edge one on Twitter, or at Kramer B-Ball on Twitter is a good spot uh, to connect and, and follow as well. And we would really like to see how we can help you as we head into the season. Thanks for listening and get after today.